0: Ladies, welcome. It's Erev Shabbat. And uh, we have uh, our work cut out for us this morning. These are uh, complicated parashiyot. I haven't found yet a parashah that's not complicated. (laughs) Now we can go the easy route. Or well, we can take the uh, the more advanced route, and being that our members over here are, I know, sophisticated, <coughs> so therefore, <coughs> I'd like to reveal uh, today. I think this is a great novel interpretation to the parashiot that we're reading, or the parashah. I say parashiot because. This week's Perashah is Pinihas, but it's the sequel of last week. Now, last week we didn't get into this part, so I'd like to go back to Balak for a minute. It's uh, the last couple of Pesukim. Just remember what happens. This is after Bil'am failed to curse us. Epic failure. Instead, his curses turn into the most beautiful and magnificent blessings beautiful for us. But on the way out, Bil'am got us. How did he get us? It says, B'nai Yisrael were in a city called Shittim, and all of a sudden they started to commit the sin of Zinut. Zinut is immorality. With who? the daughters of Moab. Terrible. One thing led to the other. They also did some abu dazara. They ate. I mean, they, they just unraveled, eating not the kosher foods of the Goyim, drinking their wines, serving their gods, going with their girls. And the pasuk says, God became enraged, became angry. Vayomer Hashem and Moshe, so God told Moshe. Go take the, uh, the leaders of the people and go, go hang them. Rashi says actually some of the people were hung, some of the people were, uh, were stoned. Different punishments that these people received. The Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Shoftim, the leaders, Hirgu ish Go out and kill the perpetrators. And it says in the Ashi over here, if you can believe it, that every one of the judges killed at least two people. Now, how many judges were there? Just uh, do the math for a minute. Shimonat ribo, Ushmonat alafim. So it says the judges were 80,000 and 8,000. So 88, All right? 80, ribo. 0, 0, 8. So times that by two. I don't have my calculator with me. But you're dealing with hundreds, over 150,000 more people died over here. That's besides the plague, is so a major, major item here, the Boutai. <clears throat> okay, and uh, that's what happens. And all of a sudden, the Pasuk writes, V'hineh, Ish m'b'nei Yisrael ba," Jewish guy. He takes a Midyanite woman, Le'aneh Moshe, or Le'aneh the public. He takes this Goya, it looks like, in front of everybody. And V'ya, uh, we don't know who he is, doesn't tell us his name, but it just tells us he did something that was inappropriate. So Pinehas sees this, uh, this guy. He rises up amongst the people. He takes the, the spear. He sees the Israel and he, he stabs him in the stomach. And he gets them both on the stick like a, like a shish kebab. And then it says And the plague stopped. And the plague altogether. How many people died? 24,000. That's what happens at the end of this last week's Shah, And uh, it says over here the end. And then we open up the beginning of the Berashah, and the Torah tells us about the reward that Pinehas gets. Last week it tells us what he did, and this week it tells us his reward, and God makes Pinehas an honorary Kohen, him and his children, Pinehas ultimately becomes Eliyahu Hanavi, and he's the one that's going to herald the coming of the Mashiach, and all good stuff. Now, it does then tell us in our perasha, who was the guy that did it. His name was Zimri. Nesibet Abda he was a tribal leader of Shimon, and the name of the lady, just if you're interested, she was called Kozbi. Batsul. And she was one of the daughters of the heads of Bityan. All right, that's the story. I have a few observations that I would like to bring bring forth over here. Number one, Pinehas is the one that kills Zimri. Now, why couldn't the judges that were killing everybody else, Add him to the list, so you killed what, I don't know hundred thousand whatever, so it's hundred thousand and one. And what's the what's the special thing over here that we make a big deal about Pinehas? So, oh, he went. They were killing everybody, and here's another guy who seems did the same thing. He took a goya, but Went to the goya? So you want to say it was a little worse because they did it in public? So all the more so they should have killed him. Why did they make it such a complicated thing? that Pinehas went and killed. He wasn't the only one that died in this thing over here, by the way, Zimri. All the perpetrators of the Abu Dazara, the Gilui Arayot, they all got killed. And there's no mention of uh, any reward that they get. But when it comes to Pinehas, say, oh, he went and killed Zimri, who in my opinion was just one of many. It, it was one of many that, it sounds like they did the same thing. And furthermore, I have to say that this guy, Zemli, has guts. Because if you look at the Pesukim in Parashat Balak, the pasuk writes that after the judges went and they killed everybody, then pasuk Vab says, ish Israel Yisrael and he goes and he takes the Kosby, uh, It sounds like he did it after everything was done. It sounds like it was over already. They killed all the people. And now what, he, he was a last minute uh, shopper. What happened? He was, uh, he, he was in the Kolel. When did Zemri all of a sudden wake up? You didn't see what happened? What, Zemri was so, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, unaware. They just killed all these thousands of people. So Zimri, unless you tell me was a kamikaze. Kamikaze meaning flying a plane into, 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 into the ground. You just saw what happened. And then it says in Pasubaba, oh, P.S., another guy came along after the fact was all over, and he, and I'm asking such a smart guy, why doesn't he, uh, why doesn't he learn from what happened? If you want to tell me he was the first guy. Okay, first guy you didn't know. You know, I think you get away with it. But by this point of view, you know you're not getting away with it. I have a few more questions. That's why I'm going to take a sip of water first. Now it says over here, he brings Kozbi to Moshe. Because the person is Moshe, he brings her to Moshe. He brings her to Moshe. That she says, "Amar Law. So he tells Moshe, Moshe, zu asura umoteret. Moshe, this girl over here, cause me, she's forbidden or permissible. So he says, "Im tomar asura." He doesn't even let Moshe answer. He says, "And if you're going to tell me she's forbidden, but didn't you marry the daughter of Yitro? So if you're going to tell me that my Midyanit girlfriend is forbidden, then why was your Midyanite girlfriend permissible? That's what this guy Zamri does to Moshe." And it doesn't say that Moshe had any answer. I mean, this is a question that you don't need Moshe to answer. There's an obvious difference. There's a difference that this girl is a goya. Sipura converted. I mean, why doesn't Moshe Rabbeinu have a siphon? What are you comparing? Yes, I married a girl from Midian. After she went through the whole process, and uh, when she went through the whole process, and she, they weren't in the Syrian community, they weren't bound by any edicts, so Moshe could marry a uh, 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 Sipur without any problems. You're asking me a question, what's the difference, why I married a Midianite, and why, why can you commit Zut with, 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 with What What's the... Now, if I'm able to answer this question, that's in the halakha we call... It's apples and oranges. You're not comparing uh, like items. If I come to the rabbi, and I come along, and I come with a ham sandwich, <clears throat> and I come along and say, Rabbi, uh, this ham sandwich permissible, and if you're going to tell me it's forbidden, well, I saw you eating a, a sandwich the other day, I was eating kasher, you were eating taref, what, what's the question? Silly question. But Moshe Rebbe doesn't have an answer. I don't know, I found that Uh, bothering me. Maybe it doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me, but it bothers me enough to bring it to your attention. So again, so far I asked how many questions. Number one, Zimri, it seems, does his sin after everybody. Why wasn't he he afraid? Why wasn't he uh, concerned? Secondly, what is he telling Moshe, who allowed it to you? Moshe Rabbeinu should say, <laughs> who allowed it to me? The Beddin converted my wife. And you're taking a, uh, a goya. What's the, what's the comparison? Secondly, I have no choice. If you'll be patient for a minute with me. I'd like to go to Parashat Zaychik. You're going to ask me, what does Parashat Penehas have to do with Parashat Vayhi a lot? In this Parashat Vayhi, which is a winter parashat, maybe the weather will get a little cooler if we start reading the winter (coughs) parashiyah. So Yaakov Abinu is blessing his sons before he passes away. Now, we know that these blessings were not really... uh, you know, explicit blessings—they were actually rebukes. So now he comes to his two sons, Shimon and He says, "Shimon Belevi Levi, Achim, Shimon you are brothers." Now that's the nicest part of this blessing. <laughs> After that, it goes downhill. He says, "Krehamas you are brothers that had weapons." You stole the craft of Esav. You took your weapons. And what did they do with their weapons? They remember there was a story that uh, their sister Dinah was taken into captivity by the people of Shechem. And they abused her. And Shimon and were furious that they did that to their sister. So if you remember, they went out, only two boys, and they killed the whole city of Shechem. Talk about protecting your sister. They went, they killed the whole city. So Yaakov Abinu says, Because you did that, Besodam Al-Tavon Nafshi. Tells him like this. Yaakov Abinu sees the future in front of him. He says, there's going to be somebody that comes out of you, Shimon there's going to be a man that's called Zimri. He's going to descend from Shimon. I'm telling you, when they mention his name, I don't want my name to be mentioned with this guy, Zimri. Bissodam, I don't know what Bissodam means. Bissodam literally means in there, uh, sod usually means a secret. Put that word on the side. You'll ask another rabbi what Bissodam is. I don't know why it calls the, the, the story of Zimri a sod not a secret, I mean, he did it in public, but whatever, I can't answer every question. But what he says is, Al Tavon Nafshi, I don't want to be part of it. When you list the guy's name, make sure you don't attach my name to it. So when it says in the parashah, uh, V'shem Ish Israel Zimri Ben Salu Nesibet Avle Shem'oni, it doesn't say, the tribal leader of Shimon, who was the son of Yaakov. It doesn't mention Yaakov. Understand what Yaakov was asking? When you give this guy's resume, please do not mention. I understand why. This is why I always thought. Because the guy's, a, the guy's a creep. The guy's a bad guy. I don't want to be mentioned next to these creepy grandchildren of mine that are doing all sorts of uh, nonsensical abirot. I, 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 don't understand, I understand Yaakov fully well. When my grandchildren do good things, make sure you let everybody know I was the grandfather. And when they do this criminal behavior like taking zonot, going in public, and doing I'm just telling you now. I don't want to have any be mentioned. Uh, it makes sense. But then what does it say? You know why I don't want to be mentioned? Because in your anger Shimon and Levi now you killed people He's rebuking them for killing the city of Shechem For whatever reason Yaakov wasn't so happy that they went out and just killed the whole city all the men So now we understand the Pasuk, don't mention my name with Zimri. You know why? Because you, Ki, he means because, because you killed the city of Shechem, so I don't want to be mentioned with Zimri. And I'm asking, what is one thing I do with the other? Yaakov doesn't want to be mentioned with Zimri because it's a terrible story. What does it have to be doing with Shimon and Levi did? Why does Ya'akov Abinu link the two stories together? Are these two stories married to each other? Again, if you'd ask me, why shouldn't Ya'akov's name be mentioned with Zimri? Because it's embarrassing. The Ya'akov Abinu doesn't want to be mentioned. But he doesn't say that. He says, You know why? Because you killed the city of Shechem in anger. And because you did that, that's why I don't want to be mentioned. And I say, Even if they didn't kill the city of Shechem, you shouldn't want to be mentioned with Zibri regardless. Am I making any sense here today? I'm not making too much sense here because I'm asking a lot of questions and I'm not offering any solutions. But that's a a very strong question that Yaakov Abinu refuses to have his name mentioned. Ki be'apam hargu'ish. And I'm saying, what's the... uh, What's the connection? you have time for one more question? All right. I have good news. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, but I'm going to give you one answer. The one answer is going to answer like a bowling pin. So all the pins are going to fall down with one answer. So you're not going to say, oh, no, he asked 10 questions. I have to sit here for 10 answers. You don't have to sit for 10 answers. i am gonna give you one answer, and you see all the questions are going to bow down to, uh, like, like the Korim of Look at this. In <clears throat> this week's Perasha, the Torah gives us the lineage of Pinehas. Who was Pinehas anyway? Ben El Azar, Ben Aharon a-Kohen. He was the son of Elazar, who was the son of Aharon. He's a grandson of Aharon. Fantastic. Big saddiq. good, Good lineage. But the Torah only tells us the lineage on his father's side. But he also had lineage on his mother's side and the lineage on his mother's side was not as, what should I say, uh, prestigious as the lineage on the father's side. As a matter of fact, the people, after Pinahas killed Zimri, they started to uh, rank on him. They started to, you know, scream at him, and they said, item? did you see Ben Puti ze? They say this guy's the son of Puti. Who's Puti? Puti is a name for Yitro. Penehas's maternal grandfather was Yitro. So they came along and said, and you know who Yitro was? This guy before, you know, he became, uh, whatever he became, he used to be a priest. And he used to fatten animals. He used to fatten these animals up, such a goy. Not, not only did he bring animals to Abu but he brought, oh, you know, he was Mekayim da Abu Dazarah He did this, he was mahbir da Abu He made sure not to bring any animals, but he brought the fattened animals to Abu And basically, what were they saying? What, what I understand? Who does he think he is? He's going to come along now, this guy, ass and start killing people? He, he's not the Shem Shavayim. How could he do such a thing? Do you know who his maternal grandfather was? They were basically saying, if he comes from such compromised stock, how could he do such a thing? Huh? Who's he that does If he came from a whole, you know, everybody he's one of the Sadiqim, But uh, if his grandfather Yitro was such a type of guy. How can he think he's better than anybody else to go kill? To be honest with you, I, 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 it sounds like they're just, uh, they're dumping on Pinhas for no reason. What are you telling me now? Just because he has a grandfather that was your thought, so he can't do anything good in his life anymore? So Pinehas should never do anything good because he had a grandfather that once in his life brought fat animals to Abu a poor guy. Why is that a claim now? If that's the way they're going to judge all of us, oh, who do you think you are? You're giving a class. You're great, 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 great. What do me want for me. I'm teaching a class now. You know, start holding holding my ancestors' averot against me, and therefore what? Because they were they were once in their life did something wrong. So I can't do something right. It sounds like they're being unfair with with Pinehas. But as she brings it down, it says. The people came to Aharon and to the Pinechas, and they said, "Had item ben puti ze shepitem avi imoiz maternal grandmother." For the Agarim, the Abodah Zarah, the Harag, the See Yisrael. Now he's going to go kill one of the tribal leaders. <laughs> what do you think he is? I don't know, I would have given Pinehas, uh, Hazar Baruch. I would have made an announcement in the Shul of Burtai, Pinehas, we're making a testimonial dinner on Tuesday night in the, in the ballroom, mandatory attendance, the man is an unbelievable sadiq. I'm going to give him a purple uh, medal of honor, and we're going to give him all the, all the kavod, I'm going to put a plaque in the shul, We're going to name the synagogue after Pinehas. He should get all the accolades. And instead, what are they doing? <laughs> what do you think he is? his grandfather you throw... ah, come on, do me a favor and I'm saying that that's, that's not fair although I, although I understand it because nothing changes even till today you know, you work for the community and you do something good and what do the people do? they complain hey, who do you think he is? you, know, you do something good for the, for the yeshiva you can't win the people you, know, you save their life you help them you go along and you do something great, and you got some uh, critic in the back that's telling you <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna save the day. What is? But put that on the side. I think they were better than us those those generations over there. So what do they, what do they want me to be to us? So to answer all these questions, I found over here. An unbelievable interpretation. Oh, here it is. From Rabbi Yohonathan Ibishitz. Rabbi Yohonathan Iveshitz wrote a sefer called Yarot Devash. It's two volumes. This is in the second volume. I think it's in his 11th Dirash. And a little paragraph snuck in there. And he gets involved now in the parasha of Zimri. And you know what he says over here? He says the story of Zimri and Kosbi was much different than all the other men that went with the Zonot. That's why the Torah separates it. And it wasn't an easy case at all. Actually, it was complicated. That's why they didn't know what to do. And if Pinehas wouldn't have uh, rose to the occasion, it was a very, it was a, a, a halachically uh, complicated case. What's so complicated? The guy goes with a Goyam public I mean, that sounds like a uh, little bit. Even the guy kids in third grade can answer that question. Ladies, you tell me how you learn. Everything's in the text. You tell me how you learn. What does it mean Obe, when it says in Pasuk Vah, Ish Yisrael, a man from B'nei Yisrael Ba' Okay el Explain He came close to his brothers Et Oh, to, to me it sounds like He brought the Midyanit To the nation That means everybody else Till this point They went to the Midyanim but he did something which, to me, sounds even more brazen. It's one thing you want to do in avera, okay? So uh, you want to commit an avera, go to mikonos, go over there. But you're going to bring the avera to, to deal. do bring the avera to deal. Keep the avera far away. But it sounds like I'm just giving a shot. But the point is, over here, it sounds like he made a a bigger avera. Vayakrev <laughs> el Leave the Midianite over there in Greece. What are you bring the Midianite over there to al the for? That's what it sounds like. It says Ives Ivishes. No. He brought the Midianite to the brothers because he converted her. Oh. He he came along and he said, guess what, about I. 'Cause B is a giyoret. She's a convertist. She's not like all the other so not that all these men went with. I took her to the bedin. We dropped her in the mikveh. And now she has a, 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 a shaytul, maybe a hat. Who knows what she has on? But well, she's, she's, shes a convertist. What do you want over here, giyoret? Byakrev el echav. He brought her into the camp because he was claiming what? She's Jewish. <laughs> Therefore she's saying, what's the problem? Le'nei Moshe. What does it mean, Le'nei Moshe? When he comes to Moshe and he says, is she permissible or not? And if you're going to tell me she's not permissible, well, you took a Midianite convert, so why can't I take a Midianite convert? That's, so it is the same. It's not apples and oranges when he was coming in front of Moshe. When he was coming in front of Moshe, who, who, who made this permission? Moshe couldn't answer him. Oh, she's a Goya. No, she's not. Zimri came with the paper, hey, from the paper, from the rabbinical council of, uh, of Midbar Paran. Uh, there she is. She, she converted. What do you want? She has a Teodah. So if, if, if Sipporah okay, because she has a rabbinical council of Midyan, I got the rabbinical council also. And then she's permissible. what do you want? Oh, Now you see why it gets complicated, this story over here? Let me read you the Lashon of, the, of Yonatan Mashiach. I know you heard this story for 50 years. You never heard this before. That's why I'm bringing it to you. <coughs> he says, <coughs> he, says vadai. he says, Vada'i. Vada'i means, For sure. Ki vada'i, Zimri. Shekrivo Midyanit that he brought this Midyanit lady, the hainu shinid gayiru. She converted the kibela al atzma dat israel. She accepts her upon herself dat <laughs> israel. So now we have a quandary over here. Zimri wasn't maybe a kamikaze when well, he saw everybody else die. So, what did he say? I don't want to do it all there. We got to do something different over here. So therefore, he told her, "Listen, over here, there's a bit dean. They're running around killing all these people that are going with the goyot. Do me a favor. Accept upon yourself taniyak mitzvot. Accept upon yourself that uh, you'll keep Shabbat. You're not going to eat uh, the Nebilo, Tudlipot, You're going to be a good girl. Accept upon yourself that Yehudi. You, you accept? was I accept? So now the question is: If she converted, what's the problem? And you know the problem, like I know the problem. (laughs) You talk about a crackerjack conversion. (laughs) What was the motivation of this girl to convert? Was the motivation of this conversion because she has so much she's enamored by? Is this root? Is this root? This is the the polar opposite of root. Root converts because she's giving up everything. She doesn't even know if she's going to be able to get married. She's going to live in abject poverty. She has no amenities or benefits. And Ruth says, "Amen." Here, what's the motivation of Kozbi to be a convertist? Hey, I get to marry uh, Zimri, tribal leaders, got money. I get to be part of the Jewish people now. I get status. So, uh, clearly, all the wrong, all the wrong motivations. Pinehas over here, he saw in the conversion a perversion. It was a conversion that had a perversion of halacha. now. Now we're going to start letting every single girl that seems a Jewish leader, and she's going to come along and say, I want to be Jewish, and she's going to put a hat on her head, not even maybe, and just come. I want to live in the community. You're going to start bringing converts in the community. Pinehas saw that if you're going to start with this business over here, there goes the purity of the kahal, and Zimri, you're abusing the law. You're abusing it. And therefore, he had to make a halachic rabbinical stand. And therefore, Pinehas is, uh, he does something incredible. He's able to see that the motivation of this conversion was wrong. And therefore, if it's wrong, she's a goya. And if she's a goya, but it's worse because he's coming along to say it's kosher. Don't you understand the difference? The other 20, the hundred tens of thousands of people that did it, they know, listen, we can't control ourselves. But this guy's coming along and saying, it's legal, she's Jewish. And Peter oh, this is this is, evil. this is worse than all of them. Because this guy's coming along and saying, she has an OU, she has Hathkei, whatever, whatever the Keshtut symbol is, I'm not, I don't know anything about Keshtut, I retract. I use those things. One time I said a, a kashut symbol in a class and somebody texted me, you know the kashut symbol you use is not worth it. I take it back. I know there's everybody listening to every word I say. So, it's kosher. They're gonna think it's kosher. They're gonna think it's kosher. Therefore he, he went out on a limb. Oh, based on this, based on this, now says the Rev Yonatan Ay-Bish, it's something beautiful. Something beautiful. Let's go back to that story of Shechem. Let's go back to the story of Shechem. What happened? These men over here, they went and they... Or what's the name? Shechem bin Hamor. Hamor bin Hamor. He went and he took Dinah. Okay, good. So what does Shimon ve Levi do? They come in like diplomats. They said, listen, it's not good what you did we're Jewish, you're different than us, so what did they say, convert. if you take a circumcision, uh, what do you mean, so what, do you, what, what kind of business is this, well, who takes a circumcision, a convert, basically what would Shimon be saying, if you convert, and you become like us, because we can't become like you, we're circumcised, right? so we can't undo it, but you can become like us and you'll circumcise and you'll become Jewish converts. And then already we can uh, negotiate to see if we can marry into each other's families. So they said, you have a deal. They were so uh, motivated to marry into Jewish uh, families. So what did they do? they all circumcised. And what does Shimon B'Nvi do on the third day? Kills them all. What do you mean? They converted. But what's the explanation? Because Shimon understood this is a fake conversion. The only reason why they're converting is in order they could have a benefit. They weren't converting because they loved Shabbat. They weren't converting because they loved uh, uh, eating uh, haros on Pesach. They, they wouldn't say, so, oh, uh, uh, we, we're, we're so jealous that you sit in the sukkah and, and, and when, when it's raining. They weren't jealous of any of this stuff. Why they do it? Because they wanted to get in. And therefore, Shimon Levi show us that what? That you can have a convert, but if the motivation is no good, we don't accept. We have to look at the motivation. Oh, so says Rabbi Yonatanai Visions, that's what Yaakov Abinu was saying. Don't put me, don't put my name with Zimri. You know why? Because you know why. Because look what you did. Ki because just like you killed the people of Shechem, because you didn't trust that the conversion was good, because it was under false motivation. You're right. The same thing applies to Kozbi, and therefore she's not Jewish, therefore don't put my name next to it. he was giving an example. The reason why I don't want to be associated is for the same reason why you killed those people in Shechem. So you see, it comes at everything that's connected to this. Whether it's the people of Shechem, converts. Now let's go back. Sipora, she was a convert. Everything, everybody, everybody in this story was a convert. Who else was a convert? Yitro. Now we understand what the people were saying. The people had a counterclaim against Pinehas. What was the counterclaim? You're coming along and saying that what? That uh, uh, the conversion of, uh, of, 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 of Kuzbi, ah, it's not a good conversion. It's not a good conversion. It's of ulterior motives. He said, hold it. Your grandfather, Yitro, used to bring fattened cows to Abu Dazara. And his conversion was okay. So what's the matter with her? They were using Yitro's conversion against Penechaz. They weren't saying, oh, because your grandfather was this, therefore you're a zero. They were saying, hold it. Your grandfather was a convert. And they accepted him, even though he had a mired past, even though his past was full of all. Therefore, what's the problem? Why? They they were against Penechaz's assessment, because Penechaz made an assessment, bad convert. So they went to say, right, your grandfather. I mean that's a little selective when it comes to your grandfather. oh, He's a good convert. she's not. Oh, well, I, by the way, you have the scale. We need that scale to know when the converts are good and when the convert. That was the claim the people had. You understand the claim the people had? They were coming along and saying Pinchas. You're coming along and saying illegitimate convertis. Oh yeah. And what about your grandfather? Oh, he's a sati. Oh. What's the rule? If they related to you, then they're tzaddikim. And if they're not related to you, then I don't know, what, what, what's the barometer you judge? That was the claim they had. They weren't just saying, you can't be doing something good because you had a grandfather who used to do Abu Dazr. That wasn't the claim. They were saying that just like nobody questions the conversion of Yitro, and we all say he's good, even though he might have not been the best guy before, so why shouldn't she be? also convert this? Whatever she was doing before, now she converted. So you see, there was a big controversy. Now, who's the only one that can really answer this question to know what the intention is? Or above Moshe, God? What do we know what people's intentions are? I mean, Pina made a halachic ruling. And I happen to agree with you. Moshe is able to see right through the people as well. And that's why the beginning of this week's perashat says, okay. Ben El Azar, Ben Aharon HaKohen. You know who P'nechas is? He's the son of El Azar. He's the grandson of Aharon. As if we didn't know who he was already. Last week's perashat told us who he was. What is it giving us his pedigree again? So I heard from a, a Rabbi Bernstein. He said a beautiful explanation. He said, What do we know about Aaron kohen? Exactly. He loved the people. He was Mekarev the people. He brought them close to the Torah. Even people that were estranged. That means Aharon had an uncanny ability to see through people. They have to see people. If if most people cannot, when you see somebody that's doing Averot, you you write them off, you curse them out. Aharon, so I can see inside of him, he's good. And therefore Aharon was able to understand the nature of the people, therefore he didn't give up on them. He, he brought them closer. So he said, what is the Torah coming to tell us? Pinehas is the grandson of that person who had piercing eyes. These people come from a film, they can read people's Kabbalah, they can read people's insides. And just like Aaron was able to see the good in people, Pinehas in this case was able to see the bad in the person. And therefore, God is testifying He's so good, He's right. Don't tell me she's coming with a head covering now, and she's coming with a she' shida in her hand now, It's because goes, yeah, I want to be Jewish over there. What time is Shabbos? What time is candlelight? No, fool around with us. You're not converting because you want to light candles, and eat hamin and, and, and kugel. The reason why you're converting is because you want to be part of, uh, p- part of the Shimon's family. Like, it, 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 basically, you're converting to legalized znut. That's what it is. You want to have a legalized nut. But all What they did in the forbidden way, you want to legalize the pig. That was Pina Has's claim. Uh, and they come along and said, and trust me, Pina Has can see things like Aharon was able to see things. That's why they lineaged him against Pina Has bin Azab bin Anuruk. It, it, it's a game changer. But what I'm telling you now, it's a whole new way of looking, look, looking at the story. There's one thing if a person commits a sin, but to come alive and legalize the sin, that's already a different level. Zimri's sin is much greater than everybody else's. Person goes, eats not kosher, and he says, listen, I can't control myself. And if another person says, oh, what's the difference? It's only cheese, <laughs> no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't, no, no, no. Tell me you're making a sin, and we'll have to deal with you. But don't start coming and telling me, no, they use kosher dishes, and they put a separate thing. And Why don't you be honest with me, you? you're eating not kosher, what do you have to make a kosher for? That's the avon. Zimri figured he could he could beat City Hall. Come along and say, "Well, I got a way to make this nice over here. We'll just make a conversion." And, they, and he maybe went through the procedure, but Pinchas said, "This is the whole thing. It's fake. The whole thing went over oh, are doing You're trying to try to legalize the the pig, which you, can, you can't do." It's a great lesson for uh, for life, and for that Pinchas gets gets rewarded for saving the community because if they would have let Zimri in with this girl, it's over. <laughs> that everybody's gonna go now, Midian, uh, and you'll have a whole line in the conversion uh, department, and everybody's gonna come along. Before you know it, you're gonna have a bunch of uh, Midiani uh, converts running around. They'll be, the, they'll be in the majority over there. We're not gonna know anything anymore. That, that's what would have happened. So we had to nip it in the bud immediately, and the people were questioning, oh, who's it? And for every example that we gave, we bring up the people of Shechem, they were converts. We bring up Yitro, he was a convert. We bring up Sipora, she was a convert. That's what they all have the common denominator. We're dealing with converts. Only different ones, Sipora, she was Lashem Shabayim. By the way, when she married Moshe, what was Moshe? He was a refugee. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu was a refugee in Midian. He didn't have a dollar to his name. He's in the middle of nowhere, no man's land. <laughs> she, it's not like she married him because. Or her. Yitro? He was the Shev He gave up the life of uh, honor and glory. He was the archdiocese uh, of Midian, head of the archdiocese. No problem. But the people of Shechem, what was their motivation to convert? To marry more Bat <laughs> We like that Bat Yaakov. How do we get more of those? and we get more of those All right, so we'll do a circumcision we'll jump into the for a couple of minutes and we'll, go, we'll take more that's, that's lustful that's ulterior motives M'shem said these guys are out and, Moshe, and what, did, what did Yaakov Abinu say just like they're out the descendants Zimri is out also with, with that convert and therefore I don't want to be mentioned over there for the same reason why you killed those people that's why my name shouldn't be mentioned with him, because he took a girl that's not legitimate as well. See how it works like a like a charm? All the questions were answered. It's a it's a it's an exceptional way of learning, it. I, I, if I say so myself. Not my interpretation. It's a it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And here we go again. In the remaining minutes that I have, some of you come along and say, yeah, but the rabbi didn't tell me any Musar. I like to hear Musar. I'm not, a, I didn't come to teach Musar. I came to teach you how to learn the text, how to learn the parasha. It's a homash class. That's what it is, But some people say, yeah, but I like a moral of the story, like the kids at the end of the day. And the moral of the story, and I said, like last week, the moral the story is now. You, now you know what happened. Now you know the story. That is the moral. Like if you finally learned the story. What the story is after hundred years. But for those that need a uh, a clear message that they could say on the Friday night table, you're not going to start bringing all your thumbs to the table. Oh, we do this question, that question. Don't leave us alone. Don't make us crazy over here. Just uh, <laughs> you know. So some people need a nice little. Uh, a quick, a quick idea that the rabbi said. So for those that came for that, I'll give it to you also. No extra charge. It's based on the Orachim Kadosh in this week's Parashah. Last week we said one, and this week we're going to say another one. So beautiful what he says. He says, if you look in the beginning of the parashah, after they killed Zimri, and it's telling us his name, it says over here the Shem Ish Israel. It refers to him as what? Israel. Ish Israel. Wait. When you see the word Ish, Ish means Aju. Okay. Israel. Yeah. Israel, we you know we learned less week. Israel is a uh, serious level. Now hold it. He might have been Ish Israel before the sin. But now we're talking about after the sin. This is after they killed him. Or Aymagadur says, how could you call him Ish Israel? I mean, the guy's a deadbeat, the guy's a pervert, the guy did all this abarada, and you call him Ish Israel? I would have said. Uh, Zimri, you now have to hand in all your credentials. You are no longer an Ish, you are no longer a Yisrael, and on his tombstone they have to put, you know, uh, the non Ish, the non Yisrael, and uh, all, all other things that are not nice about him. Says the Orayim Imr something so important to remember. And I made a copy of it. He, he, he brings us into the Kabbalistic understanding of these things. That even if a person veers off the path and goes far away, at the end, Borei alam brings everybody back to their source, to their origin, to the right way. A Jew that sins, even after he sins, he's still a Jew. And like we learned last week, he cannot be totally corrupted. Because there's always going to remain a nucleus of holiness in all Jews. And it is from that nucleus that's inside of all Jews the Jew, Hashem, will always bring him back eventually to his roots. Now, it might have to come through a punishment, but the punishment will be a kapara, and once the kapara is met, now he reverts back to the Jew. What do you think? You just get a kapara and you remain remain a deadbeat? No, the kapara is a tikkun. Understand what I'm saying? A person commits a crime and Hashem gives a punishment. So now he got his punishment. Now what now, now what is his standing? After the punishment, now what is he? You say even after the punishment, he's still a Rasha? He got his punishment. If he accepted the punishment as a kaparanati says says Urahman Gadosh from the Kabbalist, he is now back to his shortest Nishama, which is good. He says, sof, kol sof, ya'zor You go back to your Shoresh. That means when a Jew is bad, he doesn't always remain bad. It's a temporary aberration. And that's why the Pasuk says, ish Yisrael. Listen to the language. Kaze. Even after such a despicable act, Yisrael he's still called Yisrael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when he went with this midianit, we had to hit him. Why? To take away the midianit from him. We had to extract the tum'ah of the midianit. But once we extracted it through the killing, that means Pinehas actually was doing a service over here. This wasn't necessarily revenge. This was, who was the biggest beneficiary of killing Zimri? Zimri! He extracted the Midyanid from, the, from Zimri, and now he brings him back. Now he's dead, I understand he's dead. But when he goes up to the upper worlds, Torah calls Ish Thank God the Lord Kadosh is judging us and not you, ladies, because you would say, oh, I write him off forever. Nah, if it was up to me, I'd let the guy burn again. Not for, thank God you're not my judge. Thank God the Lord Haim Kadosh is telling you, stop like that. We don't write off Jews. I, but he did such a bad thing. He, did a bad, he paid for it. And when he pays for it and he accepts his punishment, the Sephardim say, Zimni accepted his punishment. He accepted it. When they came to get him, in his brain, he accepted it. He understood it was wrong, and he accepted it. How's it how? In his brain, he accepted it. He, didn't make a, he didn't, couldn't write a letter at that time, obviously. But the point is, it was in the act. He couldn't do it. But when, when, when Pinaas came, finished. that I that in the Whatever deficiency he had by committing that sin, yatsa, it left him. When Pinaz hit him and killed him. To me, that's very consoling. A Jew is a Jew. You can't, you can't, you can't ruin Jews. There's never a Jew when you write and say this guy's we write him off. He made a sin, but he will come back. And what is that because? He has the shortish of nishama inside. Now, listen to what he says. Listen how beautiful what he says. There's a census in this week's Pedasha. It lists all the tribes and all their families. I guess after the plague, so they needed to count who's left. So they counted all the families again. But did you notice when they count the families in this week's Shah, they counted in a very unique way. We did this in the perashah class, uh, uh, the Rashi class during the week. Let's go with Uven for a minute. Neuven has a son called Hanoch. And the family of Hanukh is called what? Mishpahat Ha-Hanukhi. What does that mean? Ha-Hanukhi. It puts a hair in front of the family name and a Yud. ha Hanochi. Similarly, he had a son called Palu. Mishpahat Ha-Panui. Every family that's listed here, the Torah puts a hair in front of their name and a Yud, which is yud here, which is the name of Hashem, which is God's way of saying... Legitimate family. No, no problems with their lineage. It's, that's God's way of putting a kosher seal on the family name. Whenever you see a hair and a yud in the family name, that's God's testimony to say what? Shifte Ya is the Shivatim that have the yud care symbol. Edut It's the testimony and the kosher. Great. Now let's get to the tribe of Shimon. B'nei Shimon. Now there's in this family over here. One of the families of Shimon is the Sha'ul family. Where's where this guy? Here, the Sha'ul. Okay, who's Sha'ul? I don't know who he is, he's a guy, Sha'ul. Mishpahat hasha'uli. I know one thing about Sha'ul's family, he was kosher because they put the hair and the yud at the end of his name Ha's now we don't have seatbelts on the seats over here and I don't want anybody to get hurt but they're going to fall out of their seats the Torah HaMekadosh tells us you know who Sha'ul was? Sha'ul. I'm going quote him, I have it over here you're not going to believe this he says the Sha'ul mishpahat the Shauli. Amar of There's a man that had five names. One was called Sha'ul. One was called Shelumiel bin Suri Shaddai. And the other name was Zimri bin Salud. Zimri was Sha'ul. Same guy from the Shimon. This is Zimri. Asked the Arama, he goes, hold it, hold it. If Shaul is Zimri, a.k.a. Zimri, he had a couple of he had, he had different passports. So now all of a sudden, they call him Shaul. So he says, what's the hand of you doing there? <laughs> the hand of you shouldn't be in this guy's name. He's, he's tainted. This is the guy that went with. How can you list him on the list now and put a head of you in his name? And you know what he answers? After his death, and therefore he goes back to being Israel, and therefore he's back in the game. He got kaparat, thank God. Because if we're going to follow what you're going to think, no, he'll be out forever. That's how we judge people. You're out forever, kaparat. But he fell off the roof, God, You're fall 10 more times off the roof. Let him continue falling off the roof. We'll never let him back in. Why are you let him back in, Aziz? The guy made abiraz we also make abiraz He made shuvah. he got his kapara. Therefore, the comes, and that's, you know why you call him Sha'ul? It says in the Midrash, he quotes, you know why he's called Sha'ul? He lent himself out to sin. Sha'ul is to lend. He lent himself out to sin. It says When you lend somebody something, you lend somebody an object, what's the law? You have to return it back, the way it was. I cannot borrow something from you, an object, and return something else. So he says the same thing is called Shaul because when he came back, eventually he came back as he was. He says Shaul sheishila atzmo yadu'a, din ha'sheela shechuzered be'eneha. It's got to be returned as is. That means he came back. Ish ah, That's a different way of understanding it. Okay, the guy made a big a big avon. Okay, but he got a kapara for it. Don't you remember your grandmothers when bad things happened, they said kapara? What does that mean? Okay, Kapara, that's it. It cleaned you up for something. That's it, kapara. And he got a big kapara, by the way. We, we're reading, poor guy got so embarrassed. We read about him every year. This week, forget about it. there be Rabbi in the pulpit. Zabri, Zabri, the shish kebab, they killed him, he went, he's sitting in, oh my God, they don't stop talking about me. That's your you keep quiet. What do you think? And we we conclude now with this. We conclude with this. This is so, so elegant what I'm going to tell you now. When a person makes a avirah, so the abira is pogem, it's pogem him. It affects it, affects it, it his it neshama. The, the Zohar Kadosh says, "It's a gemara." a Zohar, Yaakov Abinu lo You ever hear that saying? Yaakov did never die. does not mean? Yaakov Abinu lo met. Yaakov Abinu lo met. I don't know, I go to the Ma'arat of Magpila, I see it says there's a grave of Ya'akov Abinu. In my name, son, my, wife, my, my wife's name, it's above that grave over there. We have a dedication on Ya'akov Abinu. I want my money back, he didn't die. It says they buried him, they, they eulogized him. No, what do you mean he didn't die? The say Ya'akov Abinu represents that everybody has inside of him a shortish of Ya'akov Abinu and that part can never die. There's always a part of Jewishness in everybody that can never die. A Jew can never be totally spiritually dead. There's always a part of him of Yaakov Abinu Lomet. It might be buried under a whole bunch of uh, cobwebs and uh, and dirt, but there's always a part of every single Jew no matter what he did. Yaakov Abinu Lomet. There's a part of him that doesn't die. Where is it? In the deep hidden recesses You never write off a Jew. If I could tell you how many times I meet with these young boys or girls in the community, and you have to just say there's something good in these people, even though you hear them saying the most cockamamie things, and you say, but you have to say to yourself, we got to clean away. we got a lot of of garbage over that needs to be pushed to the side. but we're going to find it. There's a pilot light under there somewhere, and we just got to get to that, and sometimes it doesn't take one or two minutes, but eventually find it. That's the Nikudah. That's the Yaakov Abinu Nomet. What Yaakov Abinu was saying in Parashat in Parashat Vaychi that I don't want my name to be mentioned which means, I don't want my name to be mentioned Meaning I don't want the sin to reach Yaakov. That even Zimri is going to do everything but it's not going to reach the nikudah of Yaakov inside of him. That part will remain un- Untouched. That's what Yaakov was saying. Not that I don't want to be mentioned, uh, because you're still his grandfather, whether your name or mentioned or not. when people know you're the grandfather. Whether they put your name or not, they know that you're the grandfather. What he was saying is, don't let the sin reach to that point of Yaakov, Abinu, Domit. The sin is going to take over most of his body and most of his soul. But Yaakov says, I don't want my name to be mentioned, which means let the spark in Zimri remain. Untainted. That's the Yaakov Avinu part, the Yaakov Lomet, and that's why he says. I'm answering the question that I told you I wasn't going to answer. Besodam al tavo nafshi. What is Besodam? In the deep secrets, in the hidden part, I don't want my name to be mentioned. I don't want my name to be to be tainted in the hidden part of Bis Besodam. In the external part of Zabri, he committed a sin. But don't let the sin reach the inner essence, the besodam. The inner essence of the body should not be tainted. al That means he still should have a, 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 a road to return. And everybody has that road to return. Everybody has the road to return. If you look at these people, the Baaleh Teshuvah, someone showed me the book once, the before and after pictures. Before the guy, the guy was a jockey on a horse and uh, who knows what. Now the guy's a black cat in the Kolel somewhere. How did it be? I, who, who, who thought that even that this guy was a horse jockey could become a rabbi? Some, somebody believed in him. And somebody... Uh, uh, who saw? Exactly he saw. It good in the good he saw. He saw that neshama. You see one guy's a, 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 I don't know what he was before, a gangster. And all of a sudden they see him now, he's a, same black cat, but now a black cat from a gangster. Now he's a black cat from the yeshiva. The, the, the what happened? How is it possible? Ya'akov Abinu would Anyway, that's the Musar of this. Even Zimri, after it's all said and done, Ish Yisrael, he still maintains. Or he returns back. Shaul, he goes back to the way he was. Because he returns to his original essence, and that's a good comfort for all Jews to know. If you have children or grandchildren caught a bit swayed off the derech. There's a road back for all the Jews over there. at the end, according to the Kabbalists, will always make sure that everybody returns back to their roots. Okay.